Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and I want to invite you to get ready to say yes. One of the most exciting and life-shaping words people say today is yes. And when we say yes to God, we become exactly who we were made to be. God is always inviting us to be his friend and to be his partner. It is an invitation to get close to him and then join him in what he wants done. Saying yes to friendship and saying yes to partnership changes everything. We're going to meet people whose yes to God has shaped their very lives and the lives of so many others. We will be encouraged, inspired, and we're going to find new ways to say yes to a friendship and partnership with God. So grab your coffee, get yourself to the gym, get ready for that bike ride, or do whatever you do when you take in a podcast and join us today as we say yes and become. Hey, it's Leonard Lee with uh, Say Yes and Become, and I am so excited today. We have a very, very special guest. I'm going to call him William, and I'm not going to tell you where he's from, and I'll tell you why. Because that is the smartest thing we can do. If you know me at all, here's what you might know, is that I, I travel to a lot of places around the world. I travel, uh, so some of the places I travel, it's just not the most popular thing to do to follow Jesus, to say yes to him. And we always want to protect that. And so we're just going to say William is our guest today. Uh, but you're going, to, you're going to love what we do, what we talk about. Uh, insights from other parts of the world always challenge me. And I'm sure that that's going to challenge you as well today. And so uh, let me just introduce, uh, uh, let me do it this way. William, tell us a tiny bit about yourself. You save the details that we don't want anybody else to know. <laughs> Well, hi, Leonard. It's such a joy to connect to you and uh, to all of us who, is l who are listening to us. And uh, I'm William, and, uh, and it's a joy that uh, I get to talk to all of you. And, uh, and I'm a follower of Jesus. I love Jesus, and Jesus is one of the greatest part of my life. I'm married. I have a wife, and I'm newly married, I should say. So I'm enjoying the part of my life when I get to know my partner and she gets to know me. So we are enjoying this. So we live in a joint family as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to, to explore that part. Okay, and... somebody's listening right now and they say, what is a joint family? We have no idea. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, a joint family is, 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 is it's a setup where you, even after you're married, you get to live with your parents. And uh, when you get to live with the parents, that doesn't mean that uh, parents take over every part of your life, but then they give you the freedom. And that's what my family does with me. My parents have given me the freedom in my marriage. I get, we, me and my wife, we get to do decision about our life, our family, but we all together live under one roof. Uh, I also have my grandfather living in my home. So it's such a wonderful uh, part where we get to live together, do life together. And I enjoy that a lot. Oh, that's fun. Uh, generations. And I've met all these people. And I got to tell you, they are all amazing. And I'm so excited that, uh, that I get to talk to each one of them, travel to their homes. Uh, and be under their roof as well and do that life together. Um, go ahead. Tell us some more about you. Uh, I'm 31 years old. And uh, uh, a part of what I do uh, is that I serve Jesus. And I serve Jesus because he He loves me. And uh, and it is the, the, the 
I should say, um, a response of his love to me is that I've committed my life to serve Jesus because his love has been so great in my life. And that is one of the greatest things that I love to do. I couldn't have opted for anything else rather than serving Jesus. And it's my joy to to make the name of Jesus known to people around, make the name of, make known the love of Jesus to my friends and to people around in my society. And so that's, that's one of the primary things that I do. And I love doing that. So now me and my wife, we both get to serve Jesus together. Uh, and you know what? You've done that very well. I've known you since... You were 10, I believe. We talked about that, right? Yes. And uh, one of the things I love about William is William has always positioned himself near people to learn. Whether it was music, and he's quite a musician. Whether it was Bible, whether it was preaching, driving. Uh, two of the best drivers I know, uh, he and his father. <laughs> um, whatever it is, he's always positioned himself in a place uh, to do his very best at it so that as he says, he wants to make Jesus known, and that's how he learns to do it. And so I so appreciate that about you. Um, I got some questions. Our, our our podcast is called Say Yes and Become. Sure. And uh, you've heard me talk about this before, but the yes to God is yes to his friendship, yes, yes to his partnership. Mm -hmm. Those are his invitations. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you would just, uh, here's one of the questions I always ask. What are some significant yeses? that you have said to God, maybe in your lifetime? Well, I think uh, one of the things that I've always learned about being with Jesus is that a small word such as a yes can literally shape the entire, your entire life. It can just shape. And it's such a small word, but yet it is so significant. It's so significant. What I love about Jesus is that he's a perfect gentleman. Even though that he's the great God, he is mighty God, but he really doesn't want to choke us to do something that is good yeah. for our lives. Yeah. He always gives us a free will. And being a perfect gentleman, he just offers what he has for our life. And all that he wants from us is a yes. When it comes to my life, I was born in a missionary family where my grandfather was a pioneer missionary. And uh, and he 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 lived in life in a, such a sacrificial manner, and the Lord used him in a mighty manner to 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 proclaim His word to the place that God had sent him. And then his time came over, and then when my father took over the ministry, the Lord led him faithfully. So, as a child being born in a missionary family, you know you have seen what church looks like. You have seen what ministry looks like. So the very thing that comes to your mind as default is, well, next in line is you. You've gonna, you're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you, 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 like it's you. It's like you know, and 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 that was the very mindset that I was growing up with. Come on, my grandfather did this. My father is doing it, and obviously the next in line is me. You know, so so just to make things understand in a simpler manner. I, I took it in a manner where the business or the kingdom is just going to be handed over to me from generation to generation as my grandfather, then my father, and now me, and then later my my children or something like that. That is what the mind, in my mind setup, that is what was going on. 
And even when I was a school kid, I was so active in all of the ministry activities at home, in our in our mission-based campus, on our church. Uh, I, I, by God's grace, I was a good musician. I used to play keyboard. I used to play the guitar, sing very well, play the drums, and, and help in Sunday school, be it in youth ministry. But all of this I was doing as only an activity, but it was not out of my heart that Jesus had convinced me to do. Because I thought that it is a part and parcel of my life. Yeah. I just considered it as a work. It's your destiny. And, and that's what I thought. And that's what I thought. This is what I'm going to be doing in the days to come. And, and this is what my life was always running towards me. I still remember, I think I was in my eighth standard. One fine day, my dad just calls me to his office and he says, son, I want you to come sit with me. I just want you to talk with you. I said, okay. And I thought, will it, will it, be, uh, will it be about studies? Will it be about sports? I know what is he going to talk to me about? And he asked me this question, Andrew, what are you going to do with your life? And that was a very strange question because... I said, Dad, I think you already know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's not under the blankets. It's written right? on the wall. Right, it's written. Everyone knows it. You know, what am I going to do? You know, and, and it's not a surprise. Why would you ask me that question? And Dad said these things to me. Just because your grandfather served the Lord, and now the Lord has chosen me, and I am serving and taking the ministry forward, don't think that this ministry will be handed over to you by default because this is not a business that mm -hmm. a man runs. This is kingdom that we are talking about. Wow. As a father, my heart's desire is that the Lord speaks to you, that you get to serve Jesus. But until and unless the Lord speaks to you directly or the Lord calls you out, don't think that this ministry is going to be handed over to you. That was the day when I literally came and hit a wall. Mm -hmm. Because when I, I said, Dad, I really don't know what I'm going to do then. I really don't know. Because I had nothing else in my mind. But you, you need to understand that point of a time, even though I was a good Christian boy, even though I was doing all the activities, my personal relationship with the Lord wasn't there. Mm. I never knew Jesus mm. as, as the Savior of my life. I just knew Jesus because that's what I heard from my very childhood. Even when I was born out of my mother's womb, all the preachings, all church, 
everything. I was surrounded by that, but I never knew him personally. Mm. That day, I I still remember I had my dinner. I went back to the room and I'm literally sitting on my bed and thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? I don't know what am I going to do. All my friends, they would have some ambition in their life. They would want to become an engineer or a doctor or some someone to be in this society. But I am now sitting here clueless with what my life is going to become. That night I made a prayer. I said, Jesus, you know what? I, I've been praying to you. I've been reading the Bible. But Jesus, forget about what I'm going to do with my life. But Jesus... I want to know who you really are. Mm, I, love it. I want to know who, who are you that they talk about, that they yeah. preach about, that I've been praying to you about. I've been reading your word, but I want to know and understand and have a personal encounter with you. And to be honest, that the prayer that I made that day was just a simple prayer out of my heart. I did not cry. I did not get down my um, on my knees. I did not fast. Nothing. I was just in my pajamas on my on my bed, and I just made that prayer in a minute. And the next thing is, I took the blanket and I was snoring off to glory. <laughs> <laughs> and I made that prayer, and to be honest, for the next one and a half years, I was still lost. Mm. I didn't get an answer. I didn't get an answer. I would do all the Christian activities, that is pray, read the Bible, be in, be in our family devotion, do all the church activities, be a part of the worship team, Sunday school team, everything. But this question would keep on still ringing, Jesus, I want to know you. And it was in the year of 2003, I still remember, when in our church where we were having this yearly annual convention, and this man of God who had come down, and he was sharing about the love of Jesus, of how the love of Jesus transforms our lives. Mm. There had been some incidents that happened in my life because now after one and a half years, I was literally in my high school. My friendship and my friends around me started to change my, my personality on who I was. Mm. Because what happened is, even though I had made that prayer and for the one and a half years I couldn't understand what I am going through, my my faith did not take a next step. I did not take a U-turn. God did not appear to me in a dream. Nothing happened. So because there was this void from my end, I would say now, but because of this void, my friends, so so to 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 gap that void, what I would do is I would try to find pleasure in my friendships. Oh yeah. So my friends started to ch shape my personality. My friends started to give me their outlook on what the world looks like and which was very pleasing to me. Because I was a good musician, my friend would say, come on, and come on, you are a very good musician. Oh, you know what? You can come and play guitar for us or you can come and play like uh, in our place, we don't have pubs, but we have these parties where yeah. people organize. You can come and play guitar and sing songs and, and we will pay you. Now, and, and I started to drift off my interest from church activities towards what the world would say. And what happened was, 
even though I wanted to do those things, I pray, I praise God for godly parents because even though I wanted to go and do performing parties and do all of those secular songs and do all of those things, my parents never allowed me. <laughs> you know, they would, they were like, you are not going. Now you need to understand from the culture where I come from, when your parents say no, it is a no. It's no. It, it is. No. <laughs> exactly. You don't do anything above that. Because I've, I've, I've grown up in that family culture. That would break my heart. So what happened was, because my parents said no, my heart would grow in much more hatred and enmity towards my parents. Mm. My parents are not giving me space. They're not letting me grow. And all of this is happening because of the inner void that I had because I did not have Jesus as my savior or a friendship with him. I didn't know him. Mm. All of this was happening because of that. So this one and a half years was a very strugglesome period for my life. Yeah. I, I, I started to see my own parents and my own as my own enemies. Mm. All my friends would go out for a party. But my parents would not let me go out for any party. The reason being, now I can say why, but that time I was blinded. Mm. My parents wouldn't let me go out for a party because they knew... When all my friends go out for party, they go for drinking, they, they, do, they do drugs, and they do all kinds of filthy things that you can even think about. So my parents knew what these parties looked like, and they would refrain me from going. Mm. They would refrain me from going. So all of these restrictions on me to my desires to be in the world, it just it just created a hatred in my heart towards my parents and every single day i would have a rift with my parents it was a rift that was going on my father being in the ministry my, my father was 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 so busy and hectic in so much of ministry travels lot of my time my rift and my fight would be with my mom mm. with my mom with my mom and i still would remember i think the, the, the church annual convention that I talked about right now, a month before that, I still remember it was 1 a.m. in the morning. I came out of my room. I just walked into the kitchen to grab a bottle of water for me. And I passed my parents' room. And the next thing I can hear someone cry mm. inside my parents' room. And I said, who's crying? What's, what's going on? So I just leaned on towards the door to listen what's going on. So it was my mother who was crying to the Lord and saying, Lord, save my son. Oh, wow. Save my son. And, and you'll not believe, even at that moment, do you know what my response was? She's just wasting her time. Yeah. You know what? She should go to bed. You know what? Very soon I'm going to become a teenager and I'm literally going to become an adult and I'm going to walk out of this home and I'm going to have my freedom. That is what was in my mind. That is what was going on in my mind. A month later was our church annual convention. Now, I did not do it willfully, but because I was the only musician in the church, so I had <laughs> to be in church for that convention, <laughs> helping out the choir to sing songs and, and things like that. And so it was a three-day convention. I still remember this, the first day, 
when the man of God came up and he shared about the love of Jesus. About how the Father's love can transform our lives. And I was listening to the word of God. And every word that he spoke out of the stage was was like a thousand needles pricking my heart. How did he know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and every word he was saying, the void that you're going through, the struggle that you're going through, the hatred that you feel, the love that you've been wanting, the acceptance that you've been wanting. And I'm like, did my parents speak to him about me? And is he like... And can he just see me, the, the only person in the room, like there are so many other people in the church. And, but every word he was speaking was like a thousand needles pricking into my heart. The very first day went by. That night I came to my room and the only thing I can remember is I'm on my bed and my, my eyes just started moistening up and I was in tears. I was in tears. I don't know why I was crying. I really didn't know why I was crying. The second day, he spoke about acceptance and forgiveness by God. Oh, wow. The second day, he spoke about acceptance and forgiveness by God. And when he shared about acceptance and forgiveness about God, at the end of his sharing, he gave an altar call. And he said, I know there are many people, many people who are wanting to surrender their lives to the love of Jesus, but they are not willing to stand up and, and, and make that decision. And you know what? The very first thing I did, I was, I was sitting at the front row. The very first thing I got up from the front row and deliberately went to the, the last row and sat down <laughs> because I did not want to get up. I said, no, I'm not getting up. Oh, everything is fine, but I'm not getting up. I deliberately did that. And I'm sitting down in the last row. And you will not believe the very thing that I was scared of happened. The very thing I was scared of. The choir leader, he motioned towards me. Because the altar call is going on, you need to come up to the stage and play some music because we're going to be singing some worship songs. <laughs> I'm like, not me, not right now. I had to walk up back to the stage. Now I'm up on the stage and I'm playing the keyboard or the piano and I'm playing that. And as the pastor is praying for the people who have surrendered their lives, the next thing, the next thing, I had a mic in front of me and it was so embarrassing right now. It was on and the next thing I burst out crying into the mic. Mm -hmm. I burst out crying into the mic. And the pastor, he came forward. He just put his arms around me. And he spoke to my ears and said, You've been waiting for this time for the last one and a half years. Mm. And even though in this one and a half years, your questions have not been answered, but his watchful eyes have always been upon you. His love has covered you enough so that he will not let you fall. But he has, he has gathered you in your arms. Today is your day to say yes to the Lord. <laughs> That's what he said. Just surrender your life to Jesus. And I still remember the day. 
It was 6th of October 2003. Wow. 6th of October 2003. The next thing, I don't remember what happened in that room. It was like, I don't know, how do you say it? It was like thousands and thousands of pounds of weight that was lifted up from my heart, from my life. And I just felt as if I'm like a bird flying up in the air. And I made a simple prayer. I said, Jesus, thank you for loving me enough that you died on the cross for my sin. Lord, there is no turning back. I want you as the Lord and Savior of my life. 6th of October 2003 was when I submitted and I gave my life to Jesus. Wow. You know, I, I've heard you tell me that pieces of that story before. Uh, when you put it all together like that, uh, it just blows my mind um, because I am an eyewitness to the truth of that, mm. to the truth of your family, to the truth of your own life. Mm. And uh, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, you used a couple phrases that I think um, somebody out there is listening and they're saying, I feel all that stuff that you feel. Mm. You know, this weight is on me. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a pressure on me. Uh, mm. I'm angry at people that love me. Right. And they're, they're maybe behind a closed door weeping. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm thinking, how stupid. <laughs> mm. You know, right. oh, what a waste of breath. Go to mm -hmm. bed. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking that right now. Um, <clears throat> would you give that person a two-minute word of encouragement? Did you say, is anybody too far from God? Is anybody blowing it too much? Just kind of give that person your your own personal experience here well well if there's anyone that's listening out to me and if you're in that in that position as what i've went through or you're feeling this pressure i just want to let you know you can do nothing you can do nothing enough to separate yourself from the love of god hmm. and just to let you know even to the darkest moments right now where you feel that you want to do something that is against the will of God, even at that moment, His loving arms are guarding you and supporting you, and He will not let you fall. Mm. He will not let you fall. You are not far away from God. You can do nothing. That's what the Word of God says. Neither height nor depth, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate you. And I feel that if you are at that moment, at the pivotal moment where you are ready to give up and you feel that all hope is lost, I just want to tell my brother or my sister who is listening to me, hope is not lost. Hope is round the corner. Yeah. It is there. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. Hmm. So well said. Uh William, there is uh, something else you said, and I want to I wanna take a minute. We're going to come back. I just want to pause for a few minutes. Uh, we have a great sponsor for our podcast, uh, and if you like coffee, then you'll love them. Listen to the ad. Find them. Uh, the, their uh, connection will be in our, in our show notes. Uh, order from them. I do, and uh, I love waking up to that coffee. Uh, so... Today, yes, and become. We are always excited when someone sponsors our podcast. Today, I am super excited about our sponsor for two reasons. 
I love the product and I love the people even more. Here's what most of us know. There are very few experiences that bring more joy than a great cup of coffee to start your day. From the first sip to the last, Papa's Roast Coffee is committed to making each cup special. Taken from a single origin coffee source, packaged in eco-friendly bags, roasted in small batches to get that perfect roast and shine on every bean, Papa's Roast Coffee is the perfect choice to start your day or share with a friend. I love to make a pot early in the morning and drink it while I read. We love the owners, Dean and Debbie Christ, and their commitment to the kingdom. Having personally watched the journey of Dean and Debbie that they have taken that moved Papa's Roast from an idea into reality, I can tell you with 100% certainty that Papa's Roast exists today because they said yes. Why don't you say yes to an amazing cup of coffee and order some Papa's Roast today? Papa's Roast can be ordered at papasroast.com and we'll also put a link in the show notes if you want to find it then. Now back to say yes and become. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm talking with William. Uh, I can't tell you where he's from. Uh, and you probably guessed it. Uh, it may not actually be his real name. But uh, we're, we're going to take all the, all the wisdom that we have been given by God to, to hold this interview in a proper way. Um, William, William and I met, uh, like I said, when he was 10. And another part of the world that uh, most people have never been to. And... Uh, we've become good friends over the years. I've watched him grow. I've listened to his story in different pieces. Uh, we have prayed together. We have laughed together. We've had tears together. Uh, we have eaten food that is the best in the world together. We have driven places together. Um, you have said a couple different times that God was speaking to you. You also said that heaven was pretty silent at that point in time. Mm -hmm. You were speaking to God, but he wasn't talking back. Um I want to address one of those and then the other. So let's talk about uh, um, when you speak to God and you don't hear anything back. For you, created anger, distance, frustration, the pull. Um, why do you think God was silent with you? Well, I think I think uh, one of the reasons that uh, why when when it comes to my story. Why God was silent with me was because I was expecting a a a, a set of answer that I wanted that God would give me mm -hmm. that what my destiny that I wanted to look like. Ah. So I had something in my mind that this is what my destiny is going to be. This is what my destiny is going to look like. And I was expecting that God would answer me at that moment and confirm this is what my destiny is. Right. Now, many times I feel this, that the silence or the waiting period that I went through, God was trying to teach me more than your destiny. What I'm concerned is about your relationship with me. Mm, that's good. Because your destiny is not in things, your destiny is in me. Hmm. And I think God wanted to establish that in my life. Because in my mind, I wanted to hear from God. I wanted a relationship with God, but that was for my own personal benefit. For my motive or for my agenda to be fulfilled. Yeah. 
And I think God wanted to break that. God wanted to let me know, you know, you don't come and form a relationship with me so that your selfish motives can be fulfilled. <laughs> that's good. That's that's a good word for all of us. Yeah. yeah. You you don't you don't come to me because I am an ATM machine that you put your ATM card in and you say, Well, God, this is what I want, and the next thing is it comes out of that machine. Yeah. You know? Because God wants us that we form a relationship with Him because 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 we need to understand that Jesus is everything that we need. Yeah. In in the person of Christ, we have everything. And sometimes having a relationship with Jesus, the destiny that we want will not be the destiny that God wants to take us to. Right, right. So, and so that waiting period and the silence that I went through, I think God wanted to break that. God wanted to break that. Where God wanted to show that, Andrew... Your destiny comes later, but my relationship, my personal relationship with you comes first. So I believe to those people who are who are waiting on the Lord, I feel to those brothers and sisters who are listening to me, if you are going through that period where you have been saying, God, I've been waiting for quite some time now. I want to listen from you. I think it is good to wait upon the Lord and to shake off and rub off and to take off every agenda or motive in your heart in your mind why you want to form a relationship with him mm -hmm. that is important the reason why because many times we come to god with selfish motives yeah. i think it's time that we take a step back and we really question ourselves and ask why do i want jesus in my life yeah. what is the real reason why i want jesus in my life and sometimes God gives that waiting period so that God detox us yeah. so that we can understand why do we really need him. Mm -hmm. That's so good. There's a, there's a this part B to the question is, uh, you talk about hearing God. Uh, you went through this silent period with God and uh, it had to do with him uh, stripping away the agenda or letting life strip away the agenda That's right. to realize that there was just emptiness and all those other places that, that were pulling you, right? Mm -hmm. And then the very thing you needed to hear, it was almost like it was a comedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, come up front here. That's come right. Up, you know, <laughs> that whole thing and you know, yes. you're coming up front and, and, and as you are... Uh, you're, you're hearing God speak to you in such a clear way that he loves you. Mm -hmm. And you weep. And then that there's forgiveness and acceptance. Right. And you say, okay, I'm ready. And you heard it through a person. But how do you hear God's voice in your own daily personal life? What are some things that... Give us a pro tip here. Right. Uh, I uh, Now... In my present day, I, I especially, uh, the ministry that the Lord has given me is especially with the young people. And I get a lot of this question, you know, they say, well, you know what, uh, brother, uh, how does the Lord speak to you? We, we, we want to speak to the Lord. And sometimes, and, 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 and I'm not against it, but sometimes we have limited God's voice as 
like the way God speaks to us would be through some ambient voice that I will listen to my ears and God will come and there will be some dark, heavy voice calling out, hey, William, right, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't mind, you know, God has a voice, God speaks yes. through a voice. But in my personal life, I say, God has spoken to me always through his living word. Mm. That is the Bible. Yeah. That is the Bible. One of the scriptures that I love is Psalms 138 verse 2. It says that he has lifted. Can I just read that for you? Yes, like uh, I just yeah. would love to do that. And it says in part 8, it says, I bow down to your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And the part B says, For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Mm -hmm. For the Lord himself has exalted his name and his word. So the very word that we have in our hands, the very word that we meditate day and night is the very word that is spoken out of the mouth of God and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord speaks to us through his word. Yeah. And he loves to do that. I, I, I many times say to these young people, let's start listening to God's voice that is written in the word and what all that is not written in the word, then later he will speak to us. <laughs> <laughs> Good. First things first, right? <laughs> exactly. Let's start listening to him through his word. And why? Because he lifted his word in such a high manner. And that is why in John it's written, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when we are meditating on the word of God, it's not just his voice but we're actually studying the heart of god mm. and what a more beautiful way that we just don't get to listen just to his voice but we get to 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 dig deeper into the heart the very heart of god yeah so to to all my brothers and sisters that are listening to me and that have this uh, a question that i want to listen to god I would say, let's start becoming good stewards and students of the Word of God. Well, you can't beat that answer. Uh, that's my story as well. Mm -hmm. Just reading the Word, studying the Word. Mm -hmm. uh, we've spent enough time together to know that we've talked about that more than once. Mm -hmm. um, here's a question I didn't tell you I was going to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, what's your favorite yes story from the Bible? Uh, I think one of my favorite yes stories from the Bible is when Abraham said yes to the Lord that when he was ready to sacrifice his sacrifice his son Isaac at the altar. And I think why that's favorite to me was because Abraham was so longing for a son. Mm. Was so longing for a son. And you see, he was so longing for a son that it came to a time in his heart, uh, in, in his life, where he went and out of his flesh he produced a son. Yeah. But then later, when God fulfilled the very promise that God had given, and God promised and God gave him that yeah. son. So the very promise, there comes a time when, when God tells Abraham, the very promise that I gave you, I want you to sacrifice that promise to the altar. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's one thing to say a story, but all the fathers who might be listening to me, 
you might understand the weight. Yeah. You are ready to even right now die for your own son. And that's and just imagine Abraham saying yes to the Lord without even thinking twice. You know, and what I love about it is that he didn't even go and consult his wife. Now, <laughs> I, now I'm not saying if God speaks something to you, don't consult your wife. You should do. <laughs> but then the very obedient yes of Abraham, because he knew that what was God, who, who was asking me to say yes to? Yeah. He trusted on the very God. So that's one of my favorite yeses that I see in the Bible, that Abraham saying yes to the Lord, yeah. that he was ready to sacrifice the very promise that he received from the Lord. Romans 4 talks about that, and it says that Abraham was credited as righteous before God mm -hmm. by faith yes. because he believed that God would keep his promises. Right. And that, that even if... He had taken his son's life. God would raise him back from the dead. I That's love right. that story too. That's um, right. And but I, I think it's awesome that you point out that now that you're newly married, that I'm not yes. saying you shouldn't consult your wife. Uh, <laughs> boy, you're going to learn that lesson over the next many years. Um, here's 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 a final question I want to um, uh, throw at you. And and thanks for this. I just I, I love yes. you. You know that's true. We yes. have, uh, we've got a lot of years to journey together. And yes. We've been praying about some pretty big things that, that we can't actually tell you about. Yes. Just pray with us. They're huge. Yes. Uh, they're life-changing and world-changing. True. Um, but what I want to do is uh, I want to ask you this question. In how are you helping other people say mm -hmm. yes? Mm -hmm. uh, I know you are, but tell yeah. me about that. I think uh, one of the ways that I, I, love, uh, I love leading people towards a yes saying to Jesus is loving on people mm. loving on people the reason why I, I I love doing it in that manner is because that is the very love that was void in my life and I know especially in the culture and the place and the country that I come from I feel around as I as I travel around my beautiful country, I see this. People are in need of two things. Who will love me? And where will I get salvation from? Mm. Especially from the culture that I come from. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are ready to do anything to receive love. Mm. And when I say love, it's true, genuine love. Yeah. And what will I do so that my sins can be forgiven? And I can attain salvation. These are the two questions that are ringing in the heart and mind of the most richest person and to the most poorest person. These two things that they are very much seeking for. So one of the ways that I that I that I see as a tool to lead people to say a yes is just building relationship of love and trust with people. Mm. Because one of the things that I've, I've seen is I love making friends. I love making friends. So whenever I meet a new person, we would go out to eat good food. I love to eat food. And, uh, Amen. <laughs> we, would, we would go, go out for a nice 
a coffee or tea or some some good drinks that we can find around and and one of the things and the third things that I love to do is I love to ride bikes so I I I tell any new person that I met would you want to go out on a ride with me on my bike sure let's go and I would take him on my bike and we would buy some snacks you're not talking about a bicycle are you oh no i'm not talking about a bicycle i'm talking Good. about a motorbike okay, i'm talking gotcha. about a motorbike I, I knew what you were talking about i just want to make sure that <laughs> sure that somebody didn't have this image of somebody somewhere riding a bicycle <laughs> no so so we would get on a motorbike we would go on the top of a mountain and we would sit there for hours and watch the sunset mm watch the sunset and I would try to engage in a conversation with him trying to understand who that person is and the very thing that I would see is the big void of love yeah. and the love of a brother the love of a friend I would love I, I, I like to display that and I would like to love him with a genuine love from my end and there comes a point in time where that person I've seen, and, I, and I'm genuinely telling you, 90% of the time, those people come back to me and said, my own parents, my own brother, my own, my own society people, mm -hmm. they have rejected me. You, out of the bloom comes, and you love me without any agenda, without any plans, without seeking anything in return. Why? Why? That's the time for me to let them know, you know what, it's not me loving you, but there is a Christ inside of me who compels me to love you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the ways and tools that I use and one of the, the tools that God helps me use is to lead people to say yes to Jesus is loving on them. Yeah. And I, and I feel that's not just for my culture, I think, so that works for every culture around the world. Everywhere I go. I've been all over the world. Yes. You're 100%. So I think love is the greatest factor mm -hmm. because that is what Jesus did yeah. to all of us. Yeah. And I think that's one of the greatest tools that we all can use. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you, you point something out that if we, if we just pause for a minute, people will be able to say, oh, oh, I could do that. Because mm -hmm. that... Loving on people is so important. I think we know how we want to be loved, so we love people that way. But you drew attention to food, coffee, conversation, a motorbike, an invitation. These are all ways in which uh, the, the, these are all bridges in which the love of God crosses. I, uh, we were just with a friend uh, uh, this morning and last night and mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things I did was I held up a, a cup of coffee and I said, do you remember what I told you about this? And mm -hmm. he said, yes. He said, that is a powerful tool mm -hmm. in loving people. That's right. And, and so you point that out so well and I love that. Well, listen, I want to uh, honor our time and um, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful just to be in your life, to be your friend, uh, to know you and I know you love and you know I love you. And uh, I love your new bride. Yes. Uh, I like it because she laughs at everything I say. <laughs> and uh, that does ne that never hurts my feelings. Um, what I'd like to do is, uh, is um, uh, just kind of wrap it up 
with uh, letting you letting you listeners know. Um, from time to time, <clears throat> in my travels across the globe, I will interview somebody. Uh, we're sitting in a hostel, mm -hmm. uh, a, a kind of a, 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 a place that you can just drop in and, and spend the night uh, on our journey. And um, we're sitting in a room. We've locked the door. <laughs> There's no power. Uh, uh, we're all going to get super cold showers in the morning. And, right. and it's going to be okay because uh, we're here together. But one of the things I just want to say is um, don't forget our friends in other parts of the world. Right. Uh, they, uh, they see things that we don't see. They mm -hmm. hear things we don't hear. They experience things that we don't experience. Um, uh, remember to pray for people who, who follow Jesus in parts of the world where it's difficult. That's right. And, and if you would do that, uh, listen, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to sign off. Hey, uh, don't forget to check the show notes. Uh, don't forget that, uh, um, We've got some great podcasts coming. I want to make sure. I, I don't tell you who's next only because, not because I don't know who's next, because things change. And I don't want to lie to you or make you think, hey, wait a minute, what, what's wrong with that crazy guy? But I want to make sure that you know that we are, we are so excited that you're tuning in to Say Yes and Become. And if you would help us out, would you follow us mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram? I think we're on Twitter. I, I don't know. I think we're on Twitter and Instagram. Um, uh, you can like us. You can find us at Apple Podcasts. You can find us at, at Spotify. Um, find us where podcasts are found. And just follow and like and give us a five-star rating. That helps us a ton. Uh, if you don't want to give us a five-star rating, then um, buy me coffee when you see me next time. All right? <laughs> That's what I got to say to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you today.